Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. What's up, everybody? Uh, this has been one of the wildest weeks I can remember in NFL history. Uh, and what started off as a Monday night catastrophe, really, that we all lived through together, I, I would say it was a traumatic event. Sort of had a, I hate to say happy ending, but gosh, Naheem Hines returns that kick to start the game in Buffalo on Sunday. And I think we all exhaled and celebrated and even Patriots fans had to say that was pretty cool. Um, the week that we've had watching from afar and covering it is one thing. The week that Buffalo Bills general manager has had is something entirely different. Uh, I wanted to have Brandon on. He has done a ton of media and he's going to be so gracious to join us in a moment. Uh, he's one of my favorite guys in the league. He's a NFL executive of the year. He has built a juggernaut in Buffalo and uh, he was more or less bedside with DeMar Hamlin um, in the most trying of times. Uh, he's he's given us a couple minutes right here, and uh, why are we wasting any more time? Brandon Bean, GM of the Buffalo Bills, right now. All right, as I mentioned, uh, this next guest is a very special person to me. We've become uh, friends. You know, obviously we work in the same world, but we become friends, and most of our conversation, I'd say 99% of it is not about football and not about careers, and it's more about life and family and the important things. And I think uh, everybody in America got a chance to get to know his name and sort of the stuff that he's about. As Last week was one of the most trying weeks that our league has ever had, and uh, it comes out on the other end of it, and the person who was right there by DeMar Hamlin's side uh, happens to be the team's general manager, and we've got him here on the podcast, Brandon Bean. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Nah, always uh, always good to chat with you, Peter, whether it's uh, um, in Indianapolis <laughs> uh, at, at breakfast or uh, uh, or just uh, wherever. I think he had one of our games earlier this year, the Dolphins game. Yeah, that's right. It was a Dolphins game the last yeah, time. Last uh, time. So, um for for wings and uh, and beer so no always uh always good to catch up buddy yeah you know the the tone of this is a little different than it was last week where i started off the podcast and it was tuesday and it was gosh like i i just don't know what to say and my hopes and prayers are that things do work out but uh, you know a lot of the the initial raw reaction we're now a week removed from the hamlin um play and brandon like it's been a week i 
I don't even know the question. I'm just going to serve it up to you. Like, where are you at now mentally, emotionally? And gosh, take us, take us there. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely uh, been a, a roller coaster um, of a week, you know, just um, like anything you, you, you go to a game and you know, you know, you always pray that no one gets hurt. Um, but you're always more thinking of someone may hurt their knee or concussion or, you know, which you don't want those, but you're never, you know, I've said I've been in the league since 1998. I've never seen anything like that. I've never even thought that that was, you know, really going to ever happen. And, you know, sitting in, you know, I'm sitting with Mr. Pagula in, in the box and we're watching the game and it's just like, you could see the stress. Um, you know, I grab my binoculars, I always do when somebody's injured, I'm trying to see what are they working on and, and I'm looking at my binoculars and I'm like, I see one of our medical person and I'm like, man, something's, something's up. And then I'm seeing more and I'm just, um, you know, a young lady named Kelsey Harkins, who she works in our player engagement department, but she was actually a trainer uh, <laughs> for us. And she moved over just to try something different. And, and we had a, we had a full-time spot for her. She was a two year long season in for intern but on game days she kind of flips that hat and goes back to a trainer and she's a hustler and i just see her out there hustling and she's normally not doing stuff on the field and so you know i've never i've never come down from the box for a game since i've been here and you know ron rakuya who's our coo he saw my look and he went and grabbed security and was like help him get down and so <sighs> went running through the went a different way than you're even supposed to cutting down steps and a concourse to get down to that field. And, you know, when I got out there, it was probably about halfway through when they were still working on him. And it was just, man, eerily, eerily silent when I kind of slow walked out of the, um, you know, fast walked out of the tunnel to get on the field and just, you know, try and find out what's going on try to console, you know, some of our guys at that point, I saw, I felt the emotion that was going on and, and, you know, obviously I couldn't ask all our doctors and everyone's, so I'm just right there. I'm just saying prayers to myself of, uh, please let tomorrow be okay. Please let tomorrow be okay. And, and, you know, from there, you kind of know, you know, what's next as far as the game gets postponed, we get into the hospital. And then, you know, once we got all our ducks in a row, you know, we headed over to the hospital to be with them. You mentioned Kelsey Harkins. That's the first time I've heard Kelsey's name. Did I get that right? Kelsey Harkins? Yeah, Kelsey Harkins, yeah. I think that's one of the beautiful things that's going to come out of this. Everyday employees that you work alongside became heroes in a moment where you know they never thought they'd have to come to. They did. They rose to the occasion. You see it. You work alongside these people. I'm going to give you the platform here. Can you take us through some of the individuals in the Bills organization that you think deserve a little, I don't know, national acclaim, a little mention. They would never want it. They're not yeah. raising their hands. No. I even saw uh, Denny Kellington get that ball, and you could see he was embarrassed or almost bashful to get the ball from Naheem Hines or from whoever gave it to him after the, or that was John Brown. Um, take a moment. Yeah, yeah, and, and um, you're right. Th these people, they love what they do. They don't want credit. Um, you want to talk about team and. I told a bunch of them when I got back here from Cincinnati, I pulled some of them together. The docs were not here because they work somewhere else. But um, I said, listen, when good teams win games, it's when they execute at, at a high level at the most critical point in the game, the critical plays. 
And I said, you guys went out there without practice, without walkthrough. You, you do this once in a while, but it's not something they're repping every week. And you went out there and you had a plan and you executed at a very high level, such a high level that DeMar is going to survive this mm. thing. And they executed flawlessly at the most critical point of the game, which is the game of life. And they saved his life. So um, it was cool for them as a team to have the team of trainers. And, you're, you know, it's led by Nate Bresky, our head athletic trainer. Um, Nate did a great job. He, he's, you know, he's leading that at first before we get some of the medical doctors that show up at every game that the league has, the airway uh, management guy and just all of them. You know, we can get to them. But um, Nate did a great job. You know, I know Denny's had a claim and, and you know, of the CPR. But, you know, and to be fair to all, multiple people did CPR. Mm -hmm. You know, Dr. White, uh, who's one of our team internists, he rotated with Denny, I think along with another person in Cincinnati, you know, giving him CPR. So uh, Denny did a great job. Um, Tabani uh, Richards, who Tabani has stayed with DeMar the whole time, <laughs> flew back with him yesterday. And he didn't, when coach and I went over there yesterday to see DeMar, Tabani is just so attached to the situation and is just trying to protect him. He, he didn't, he's back in his home city. You would think he'd be like, man, let me just go get a shower in my, he in my place. Home. And he's like, no, I'm, I want to make sure he's good. I'm, I'm here. We were kind of getting updates from the, the medical doctors here. Um, you know, Tabani, you know, I, he rode in the ambulance with him there. I mean, obviously he's, he's right. He's been there by his side the whole time. And, Tabani helped set up our Zoom call with the team last week, which was amazing. Um, you want to talk about bone chilling hair stand up when he started giving signs and doing his thing and just love, man. It was uh, tears of joy going going crazy. But uh, our team needed that. Uh, it was, it's been just you know just such an up and down. But um, you know our Marissa uh, for Figueroa, she is. You remember I talked about Kelsey. Marissa yeah. is our two-year intern. This is her second year. She she was right there as well. Just um, our docs, Les Bassan, who's our head team physician, right there with Nate, uh, making sure he didn't have a cervical issue. Mm. Um, also helping with uh, you know the airway and holding his head the right way. And, and uh, Mark Feinberg, I mentioned Tom White earlier, who was helping Denny um, rotating, doing the compressions on the CPR. Um, Mark Kim is another internist, Dr. Mark Kim. He was, he was there as well. And he also was in the ambulance with Tabani, hmm. um, initially to go there to uh, Mark did fly back with the team, but he was there when he got to, you know, to UC, uh, medical center to, you know, to the trauma center. Um, and then one other guy who's not in our training room, but he's an equipment guy. His name's Corey Reblin. And Corey had to get his face mask off. And you want to talk about, I mentioned it last week in my press like he had to get that off so that they could get the airways going and, and think about know. the pressure on on him. I mean, think about in that moment. You're talking about kicking a field goal from 60 yards. Yeah. What's his no, name again? It's it's Corey Reblin. And, Holy and Corey, cow. uh we we you know, this weekend's game, we honored the medical staff, but we also honored Corey because you've got those little fine tools, you're trying to get the screws out, and you're watching a man right on the other side of your hands uh that's struggling for life. And to do that as flawlessly and quickly as Corey did, um, he's a hero too. He, he he handled the moment, a critical moment, one he didn't expect to have, and 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 did a great job. So, 
um, you know, a lot of people in our organization, you know, did great things, but um, Joe Collins on our staff, Joe Mika, some other trainers, uh, you know, they, they do um, all sorts of stuff for us. They were there as well, helping with whatever was needed, you know, right by his side. So it was a, it was a group effort um, here. And then, you know, at some point here, Peter, you know, I'll take your lead, but we need to acknowledge all the people in in Cincinnati and and what a job they did from the time we got him. They, you know, the people that helped get him intubated, get him oxygen, um, get his pulse back, get his, you know, the AED, the heart restarted to the ambulance, the paramedics, and then obviously the team waiting for him, you know, in the trauma room. And, and, and again, we're talking about a week ago, we were worried about him, you know, whether he would make it or not. And now today he's, he's back in a Buffalo hospital, which is, uh, which is a blessing. And, uh, as I've told many people, God is good and prayer is a powerful thing. You, you, you are amazing, man. Like I, I, I just, I feel it. I hear the exhaustion in your voice, first of all, but I also, the pride is so real. And these are people you work with every day and you haven't even mentioned the players or the coaches who have been outstanding, but the people that were on the ground and reacted and were able to d do so in such an amazing fashion. Uh, you won executive of the year. You've had personal accolades. You go back this last week though. Has this changed your perspective on the NFL and football as a whole? Well, I think um, the NFL family, um, as much as we go after each other and we compete and, you know, things can get said and obviously it can get physical on the field, but, you know, behind the scenes, I think, um, you know, you saw unity across the league and, and across our country and, and what sport we always talk about, what sports can unite people. And, you know, I, I can say I've never seen as I was telling DeMar's dad this, I've never seen that I can remember all 32 teams celebrating one player on another team, you know, with their social media, lighting their cities and their stadiums and scoreboards, pray for DeMar and three. And um, maybe I've forgot about it or I was not aware, but I mean, every social media thing had that thing of pray for DeMar three and just um, teams we compete against every week. And um, who would have thought something like that would have happened? And it's not what you want, but you know, in his dad, really, and there is some positive that's really come out of this. And, and I think the other part of that is, you know, for fans to see that, um, you know, this is a band of brothers. You saw our team, the emotion of, and I'm going to get choked up by talking about it too much, but the emotion of our players seeing a brother whose life is in the balance and, you know, what it was doing to him. And I've never seen a game not played for an injury like this. I'm not saying it hasn't in the history of the game, but in my lifetime, I've never seen a game that you can't play, but we, we knew you can't put these players back out there for really for either team uh, yeah. after what they've all witnessed. And so um, I think it's, it's, there's, again, these are not robots. These are people down there and they're not glad. I mean, it is a gladiator sport, but um, these are people that have normal human problems and human lives. And, and hopefully, you know, fans saw that, yeah, they bleed, they hurt just like the rest of us as we go through life struggles. Tell me real quick, or as long as you want, tell me about the Hamlin family. I know that the uncle was there. I know that the mother and father were there. Like, we don't really have a window into that. You were there at the hospital with them. Who are the Hamlins? Yeah, I mean, you know, I want to start with, you get to know your players. You know, at this level, you don't always know the parents as well. We meet them some here and there, but you don't spend, 
you know, you don't spend that much time with them, whereas maybe you did if you were recruiting them in college. And so going back to DeMar and, you know, who he is and who we've gotten to know, and we obviously we heard great things out of Ms. Pitt uh, from Coach Narduzzi and, and the staff there at Pitt. But then you get to know him. He's yours. And, and being around him this last, you know, year and nine months since we drafted him, you know, in the previous draft, uh, you just see a, you know, a smiling, refreshing face, a kid who's excited. You tell him to be on special teams, he's going to do special teams. You tell him you need him to go out and fill in for Micah Hyde, he's going to be ready for his 13 moment. starts. And you just, he's a kid that you you don't see negative energy from him. You don't, you know, you know if he's having a bad day, which we every, oh, we're all humans, um, he doesn't show it. He's, he's always walking with a good vibe, a good feeling. And so that takes me to Mario and Nina, his parents, and salt of the earth. Um, you know, I said at my press conference the other day, they should write a manual on how to handle, you know, a situation to where your child is in a life-threatening situation because they were, you know, I got two boys and, and as I was in there, I was thinking, man, how would I be if I was in Mario and Nina's shoes right now, if that was one of my boys in the condition that, that DeMar was in and the strength that they showed, because when doctors come out, Peter, you know, this, we've all had loved ones that have been in tough situations. They give you best case and they give you worst case. And every day, even though it was getting better, there was always worst case. And so, you know, I'm sitting there in some of these medical meetings with the docs. Sometimes they were with us, sometimes they weren't, but they were getting the same information. And just sometimes you look over at them like, how are they doing? How are they, you know, do, should I go over and get a hug? Like whatever, like and just the strength. And Mario, especially, he would always, once it, he digested it, I always noticed that he would start a conversation again and just, it was always all about the positive. DeMar's going to beat this. DeMar's not like he's, he's got that. He's going to be fine. And, you know, the funniest thing of all this thing was Mario said the next morning. So we, we were, that was Monday night game, you know, it's Tuesday, middle of the night. We went home and slept for a few hours, you know, What's home? Hotel room or on the floor in the hospital? Hotel? We, so we left. Uh, me and Nate and uh, Mario and his parents stayed the whole night. Me and Nate and Tabani left about 3.30. They got us a room at, at a hotel across the street. And so we we, we went over there um, and uh, we didn't get great sleep, but yeah. laid down for a little bit. You know, you keep checking your phone, everything good. And uh, so we came back over there early the next morning to get an update. How's he doing? Got in, you know, I'll never forget at some point that morning, Mario saying, you know what he's going to say when he wakes up, you know, he going to ask somebody if we won the game. And I was like, we were laughing about it. I was like, you're probably right, but you really don't. And a night nurse who was not privy to this conversation, who none of us really saw much because it's not visiting hours told the docs the next morning, by the way, he wanted to know who won the game. And she didn't even know that he had said that already. She didn't know that Mario had said that. We didn't even really get to interact with her because, again, it, she was there generally during non-visiting hours. So she was unaware of that. It's been an incredible week. And I'd say a roller coaster ride, but that's almost too simple to put you through this. Um, 
just to cap this off, take me through Heinz returning the opening kickoff and what was going on. That's absurd. Come on. That, I Look, I work for the NFL. I said to my wife, the fix is in. There's no way. Uh, it's it's uh, if, if you have any questions that God is real, um, that play, man. And here's Hines on the run back, breaking a tackle and taking it past midfield. And down the sideline he goes. This is storybook. An opening kickoff return for Tamar Hamlin. And this place is absolutely going wild. I literally, when, when I knew he was gone, like I felt a tear come down the right side of my face. Like, and I just, I didn't know what to say. Like I'm in there with Terry Pagula and Brian Gain and Terrence Gray and, and um, I, I, you know, I could hear them cheering, but I was just like, man, I couldn't even talk. Like, it was just like nothing was coming out. I was just like, I can't, I can't believe it. I literally like, am I dreaming here? This just, and can't hear anything. You know, we, we ever went and it's, it was chaos. And, and somebody posted on Twitter yesterday that got sent to me. Um, one of the local reporters who films the game from, you know, the local news stations, he has a great, I'm going to send it to you. Yeah, I want to um, see it. He has a great camera view. He's kind of towards the opposite end zone of where Naheem caught that kickoff. And he's got the whole thing. And it's, so there's there's no announcer. There's no Jim, um, you know, Nance or Tony Romo. It's just the announcing is the electricity of the stadium. And when when the people realized he was going to go, <laughs> oh, my God. oh, man, it was, uh, you can feel it on the phone. And, um it's uh, it, it's I, I've I sent it to my family and and I've sent it to a few people, but uh, if if that doesn't you know you're not living and you're not alive if that thing doesn't move you, uh, it's pretty it's pretty cool. So uh, what a moment! Um, Mario texted me. Yeah. Um, as soon as that happened, what he say? And he said Demar was going you know Demar was going nuts, but uh, what a, what a, I guess the doctors yesterday. And their press conference said that he was sitting in a chair and all the, the alarms and bells went off because he jumped up and was, you know, pricing his heart, you know, his heartbeat and everything nuts. But um, you wouldn't believe it. You know, if, if somebody was writing a script, you'd say you can't you can't go that far and say they're going to return the opening kickoff. Yeah, maybe it's a third down conversion. But no, we can't start this script off with it. the opening kick. That's not, you know, people yeah. don't believe it. No. Um you're awesome, dude. I'm going to let you go. You guys have a week. You now have to play uh, the Dolphins in a playoff game. I don't even want to get into it. I just, my last, like, do you have, I mean, I, I know we were riding on high emotions here. What What do you personally have left in the tank? And I guess my thought is just, are are you, I mean, are you ready for this? You might go on, like, this might be the ride right now. After all that you guys have already been through, you personally, as the guy who built this team, like, are you ready for this? Like, this is a crazy month ahead. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's just it's one week at a time, and it's just trying to re recalibrate. And there's definitely people that are, you know, it's it was a draining thing. Anytime your emotions are moved up and down, kind of the way they were last week, that can be draining. But that's why we we gave our players off yesterday and today. Just just kind of get your rest, get your sleep, clear your head. You know, big big game, third time you're playing. You know, a division opponent, yeah. so. They know you, you know them. Uh, both games were very close, and and we expect um, we expect a similar you know battle this week. And um, so one week at a time, and and we'll see what happens. 
All right, buddy. Um, thank you. Brandon Bean, GM of the Bills, has a million things going on, has not slept in seven days, and was kind enough to join us here on the season with Peter Schrager. I look forward to breaking bread with you, whether that is at Cafe Patachu in Indianapolis at the Combine or if it's up in Buffalo in one of these playoff games, if I'm sent on assignment, we will have some wings and I will devour a pizza and you and your wife will look at me and say, you are one disgusting human being and I will hug you <laughs> as a response. I look forward to uh, one or both of those occasions. Uh, Cafe Patachu is always a staple I look forward to every year in Indy. You're the best. Brandon Bean, GM of the Buffalo Bills. Godspeed, my friend. You're an awesome guy. Appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for having me on, Peter. All right, here we are uh, at the final portion of this podcast, and we've had quite a, an emotional one. I, I thought, you know, you start off with the monologue, and I'm talking about coaching hires. Then Brandon Bean comes on and goes moment by moment, second by second, of what his last week was at DeMar Hamlin's bedside as as he went through uh, what was maybe the most traumatic week of anyone's lives who's been a part of the Buffalo Bills organization. Uh, and now I'm bringing in my friend Todd, who is going to take it to a totally different place because Todd is a lifelong Giants fan, and his Giants are in the playoffs for the first time since 2016, and I feel like they, they, there's a lot of optimism. I feel like there's a lot of juice, but I am not one to speak on behalf of Giants season ticket holders, but this man is Todd. Welcome to the podcast. Peter Schrager, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I, I first just want to make a quick note. Uh, last week when you were talking about maybe having me on, it became, oh, you know what, we're going to do the full hour with Sean Payton, who happens to be the hottest ticket in coaching right now. Okay, no problem. I don't have to come on. This week, talk about following up someone <laughs> After what you just discussed, and now you're like, hey, you want to come on and scream about the Giants for 10 minutes? It's, it's, I, I'm expecting next week for you to say, hey, so we're going to have Pope Francis on before you, and, and he's going to be discussing Pope Benedict and him having just recently passed away and all that. But then come on after him and say, thanks a lot, uh, your holiness. Now we're going to have Todd on to scream about the Giants. Hey, Todd, yeah. how you doing? But, but yeah. thanks for having me on. Yeah, I've got this this little known guy named Elon Musk coming on. Um, Todd, do you mind following him on the podcast? Who would be who would be the podcast guest that you would least want to follow? I mean, I put you on the spot right there. It doesn't have to be anybody. I feel like that th you, you nailed it with the Pope, but I've got to think that there's you know like okay, we're on here and we've got Meghan Markle on. Okay, Todd, let's talk about the the Commanders offensive line. I, it's, it, I'm putting you in a tough spot here, aren't I? I mean, you, you nailed it. If you said, hey, we're going to have you on after we do an absolute no-holds-barred tell-all with Prince Harry, then <laughs> th then we're going to have you on. And like, oh, all right, I, I guess I'll yell about Daniel Jones for a little while, but, you know, who am I following here? Yeah. Um, all right, so Giants have a playoff game Sunday. I said on Good Morning Football, they're in the Madden Summer All spot, 4.30 on Fox. It's almost surreal, considering where we were in August. What's your approach to this game as a Giants fan? Is it like house money or are we like, hey, let's let's go and do this thing? So that, that's a great question, how you use house money there, because when the season starts, obviously, and you're like, all right, we've been the worst team in the league for five years. Let's just let's get some player development going. Let's see how we do. We got a new coaching staff, new GM. Everything's brand new. See what we're going to do about Daniel Jones. You know, let, let's see how the season unfolds. And then as the season starts to unfold, and you start winning games, I don't care what fan base you are with. I don't care what team you're rooting for. When you look up 
And all of a sudden, your team is winning football games and you're rolling off win after win after win. And you look up and maybe, you know, you're, you're six and one or seven and two. House money goes out the window. You know, like, all right, we're <laughs> seven and two. The conference seems kind of wide open. The, the Kansas City Chiefs don't play in the NFC. The Buffalo Bills don't play in the NFC. Like, let's go for this right now. There's no more house money. Like, here we are. We're here. I know what it's like to stink for five years and have no hope of the playoffs. Here we are. It looks like we might be able to win a couple of games or, or, or make a little bit of noise. Forget house money. Let's go out and win. Uh, Vikings, I said today, they're 13-4 and four on the season, but they gave up more points than they scored. Do you look at them as paper tigers? Or are you like, all right, here comes Jefferson. This guy beat us once before. Or do you look at the Vikings as like, thank God we had the Vikings. We're not going to San Francisco. The, the amazing thing is, if the Vikings were playing any other team in the playoff tournament right now, I'd say, yeah, they're paper tigers. They're not getting out of the first round. But because they're playing the Giants, I, I can't just come on and thump my chest and say, all right, they're paper tigers. We're going to go on the road and absolutely hammer them. I mean, we, we did just lose to them three weeks ago. All right, it was a back-and-forth game, and we lost on you know a, a ridiculous 61-yard field goal at the gun. But you know, th- th- there's no team with 13 wins out there that has the best player on the field in Jefferson. I, I can't just sit there and say Paper Tigers because they're playing the Giants, but if they're playing anybody else, I'd say, you know, thanks for coming out, Vikings. We'll see you next season. All right, that's a good game preview. What we come to you for is some advice on how to handle the weekend. This is a three-day extravaganza. It starts on Saturday, late afternoon, and it's not over until the wee hours Monday night. How am I supposed to do this? If I'm an NFL fan, how do I pace myself? And I know that you've got things going on in the household in the next couple of weeks, and you've got to focus on other things. How is the American sports fan supposed to handle this weekend and still be an attentive parent, father, husband, and friend? Fantastic question. And and for those of your listeners out there that have listened along the way, they'll remember what the, the journey we went on right around Thanksgiving for that entire week-long stretch. This isn't quite the same, but this gets you a sort of 48 to 72-hour window right in the middle of January. This is between this weekend and next weekend, the divisional round of the playoffs in the NFL. This is it, guys. Your, your conference championship Sunday is a completely different beast. You get you one day to find out who's going to the Super Bowl. But this weekend and next weekend, I, I hate to just say, hey, you have to embrace it. But <laughs> you, you really just have to embrace the fact that you get six really good NFL games. The NFL, they, the, the schedule makers, they know what they're doing right now. They know they have to sort of ease you into the wild card weekend. They give you Seattle, San Francisco, 4.30 Saturday afternoon. That's the old Texans Bengals window right there that was always on. TJ Yates. Exactly. I'll I'll watch this wild card game because I'm home on the couch. But if my wife says, hey, do you want to grab an early dinner? Maybe I'll go out and, and, and I'll be able to see the game like as you know, we're at the dinner table. Like last, year, last year it was Raiders Bengals, but for years it was like NBC or e- it was like Mike Mayock on the call. You Always. Know, like, yeah, last Always. year and Drew Brees was on the call. Uh, this year I think it's like I, I, that one's Fox. I think it's Moose and, and Joe Davis, which would be great. But like, and then, you know, you get that, that second crew or you get that crew that hasn't done NFL, but they've got another game on the network. You're like, okay, let's see who else NBC's got on the bench. Oh yeah. Be- before that, it would be Tom Hammond. They would call it on NBC. <laughs> and before that, they would send out Mike Patrick and Paul McGuire to call it. <laughs>
And you're like, all right, I'll watch it because I'm home and it's the middle of January and it's freezing outside, but I'm not dying to get into a game like that. It'll be similar in this sense. You know, I mean, the, the 49ers should probably steamroll them and, and, you know, it is what it is. But it's NFL playoff football and there's only a finite amount of games left for that. So you have to just sit and enjoy it. You have all day to run your errands. The game doesn't start until 4.30. So errands. run your errands. Do what you have to do. Run what your errands. Don't tell me you're not running errands on a Saturday <laughs> in January. Everybody's running errands on a Saturday morning in January. They're, they're lying to themselves if they say that they're not. Take us then from there to a Jaguars Chargers Sunday night. Lawrence and Herbert, most of America watching for the first time has never seen any of these guys. Yeah, exactly. Uh, imagine that. Here we are, a wild card weekend, and you're going to turn the game on. And unless you're a tired NFL fan, you're going to look at the Jags and say, wow, the Jags made it to the playoffs? Yeah, the, the Jags are a playoff team. Like that, That's how it goes. This is your other typical sort of Saturday night wild card game. But again, it's Saturday night in January. You don't have to go, you don't have to go out for some crazy party or, or, or do anything with a real obligation. Stay home, order in, get a couple of large pies, a two-liter bottle of soda. Settle in. This, this is what you wait for. Saturday night, primetime playoff games, because that's it. I got news for you. You don't have many more after this, so just sit and enjoy Savor it. Savor it. And then we have the three the three games in a row. You've got an emotional opening to that Bills-Dolphins game. Then you got Vikings-Giants, and then you got the 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 nightcap with Bengals-Ravens. And I, I, you could take me through it, but I'm also curious – What's your thoughts on the Lamar situation? As we record this, he hasn't practiced in five weeks. They don't know if he's going to play. Is this a, a power play by Lamar, Todd? Or is this just, you know, he's going to try to play. He just physically can't do it. It, it, it. It's weird when you really think about it. When you think about a quarterback in this league that has been a league MVP, that is the face of the franchise, who's taken his team to the playoffs multiple times, you know, everything that, that you'd want. It's very weird to hear that that quarterback has been injured, let's say, you know, for the past five or six weeks right now, and there's no update on anything. Usually it's, oh, no, th- this guy has a broken collarbone. He's going to be out another eight weeks or, you know, torn MCL, whatever it might be. He's done for the season. But this has always just been, yeah, he, he, he's got this sprain. We're not really sure when he's coming back. We, we don't even know when he's going to be practicing. I, I don't understand what's happening here from an informational standpoint. It can't just be gamesmanship where all of a sudden Sunday night NBC opens up and Mike Tirico is, is you know, narrating something and Lamar Jackson suited up and he's throwing passes and there it is. Like, th- that can't possibly be it that they've decided that he wouldn't play until the wild card round against the Bengals. That, that, that can't be it. it. It's fascinating that there's been no leaks of any information from any side about how he's doing. That doesn't make any sense to me. I know, and I feel like I'm doing a bad job as a reporter because I'm coming on Good Morning Football and I'm like, not only is there not a report, I don't think Harbaugh knows. Yeah, and, and what kind of – it can't be Lamar Jackson saying, you know what, hey, if you guys don't want to pay me the money, this is what your offense looks like. Because There are 52 other guys in that locker room I right know. now. And, and if you're just going to look at them and say, hey, sorry, guys, go out there without me and see how you can do, how are you supposed to come back I either know. Sunday or next year and say – yeah, I know I abandoned you guys for a month, but now I'm making $250 million, So, uh, you know, everybody line up and let's play. How do you earn their trust and respect back? These are guys, they count on you to be out there. You're the running backs, the receivers. Everybody counts on you to be out there on offense because you make everybody better, which, of course, that means everybody eats, which means everybody can go in and negotiate for more money and all sorts of new contracts. When you're not out there, 
and no one's catching touchdown passes and no one's breaking long runs. And you look like the offense is stuck in the mud and no one has the actual statistics to back up what they want to be paid accordingly for. It really is a bad look for you. That, that can't be what he's doing. This is tasty. And let's end it with Buccaneers, Cowboys, your approach Monday. I've got to pace myself. I'll be exhausted. I'm going to be flying back from L.A., I'm going to do a whole show, Good Morning Football. And then we've got like the best playoff game of, of the entire weekend on a Monday night. I'm still not used to it. I think I'll tell it like it is. Last year it was Rams, Cardinals. I was like, all right, I'm going to stay up. Rams started blowing them out. I think I went to bed in the third quarter, and I was no worse for the wear. This year I can't do that. It, I, I completely agree with you. And, and look, let, let's just look at the big shiny object in front of us. On one hand, okay, you got Brady at home, prime time under the lights. You're watching. On the other side of the ball, you have the Cowboys on the road, in primetime, in the playoffs. You know you're going to gear up and tune in to watch that whole game, whether they're winning or they're losing. If it's a Cowboy blowout or the Cowboys are winning, you're, you're, you're sort of hate watching it unless you're a Cowboy fan. And if you're watching that game and the Bucks are up and the Bucks are winning and the Cowboys lay an egg like they did this past week against the Red Sox, you're watching that game The gleefully. Red Sox, not the Commanders, the Red Sox. <laughs> You called them the Red Sox. I like you, that. You, you caught me right there. I, I, <laughs> this is what happens when I start going so crazy like this. You know, if, if the Cowboys go out and lay another egg like they just did last week, you're watching that game really happily and you're laughing. And, you know, Dak throws a pick six here and, and McCarthy blows all three timeouts early or he's challenging plays he shouldn't be challenging for or going for it from his own 30, anything like that. You're watching that game and you're laughing and you're enjoying it. So there really are two sides here that are pulling you into this incredibly intriguing game. You gotta be sitting down to watch this because that's it. After this game's over, you don't either you don't got Brady next weekend or you don't have the Cowboys next weekend. And those are two big chess pieces taken off the board for next weekend. Yeah. All right. In closing, Todd, uh, thank you. Just want to tell you we have a new sponsor. And guess what the sponsor is? DraftKings. Let's go. Oh, love it. Love it. I'm in. <laughs> Go for those moonshots on DraftKings. Um, that's it. That, that's, the only, that's the only way that, that I, I hate to say that's the only way you should be gambling, but go ahead and find yourself one of those 20 leg parlays that'll pay you a million dollars if it hits. They're a lot more fun than watching one game hoping that one team covers. No, no, no. Take the moonshot. It sounds like we've got a show that you might have to have a spinoff podcast where we talk moonshots. Uh, I appreciate you, Todd, and I appreciate everybody listening to the podcast this week. On behalf of Todd, on behalf of Brandon Bean, the general manager of the Buffalo Bills, Jason English, Aaron Wong Kaufman, our guy uh, Jason Kleinman, who does such a great job on the digital side, pumping out these clips from L.A., who gets them up there. Jack Rudd, our music man. Everybody, thank you for listening. And uh, we're kicking butt over here on the podcast. Tell your friends about it and let's keep on building. Till next week, enjoy Wildcard Weekend, everyone. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 